us anymore. Are you ready? Now I'm just getting warmed up. This task was appointed to you. I said I want the truth! I say we take off and move the entire site from Dodge head. I'm Catherine, and today I'm joined by our Head of Education, Lucy Brett, to discuss the BBFC's rating of some classic animation and their remakes. In particular, we're going to take a close look at Snow White, Peach Dragon, and also Sleeping Beauty. Welcome back to the podcast, Lucy. Thank you very much for having me. Now, as we know, Disney is re-releasing its live-action version of Beauty and the Beast, and so we thought it'd be a good time to compare the classifications of classic animations with their remakes. And we're going to start with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, this 1937 classic was the very first full-length animated feature film and the earliest Disney feature. So, Lucy, how did the BBFC initially classify that film way back in the 30s? Well, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, we think about it quite a lot when we're working both with very little children and also when we're speaking to teenagers. When Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs arrived, it's as we all know probably, it's an animated musical fairy story in which a princess is forced to hide from a wicked queen in the woods. When it first came in in 1938, it was classified A for advisory, meaning that children under 16 had to be accompanied by an adult. So it, it, those who regular listeners, some of you will know that there was only you and A to choose from back in the early days of the board. What's interesting with Snow White is, although everybody thinks of it as the Disney cartoon, that and most people will think of it as a as a you. There were some scenes back then that were considered too problematic for you, and one of them is quite a classic sequence in which the young princess Snow White runs off into the forest and is startled by an owl, I think, or um, some animals, and her dress gets torn by the branches, and she begins to imagine certain things. So, like, is this the scene where she's just met the? The man that's sent by the evil queen. Well, it sort of is. Yes, it's around there, and she's and she's he's, terrified. And then he changes his mind about hurting her, and she runs, and he tells her to run away or something like that. And there's all the monsters in the forest, and it's all dark and quite swirly and sort of dreamlike. Yes, yeah, definitely got a sort of real dreamlike quality, and we see things like tree roots turn into faces, and sort of we can't tell what's real and what's in her imagination. So you know, are they are they branches or are they crocodiles? And she becomes sort of more and more scared and sort of tumbles around in the forest and the leaves. And I think she falls into some water. So it's quite a sort of scary sequence where, where she's sort of lost in the woods. But we know it's actually part of something a lot more positive. So at the end of the sequence, a lot of what are scary elements are revealed very quickly to be these cute Disney bunnies. And then we know she's going to meet the dwarves and she's going to have really quite an idyllic time on her way to finding her Prince Charming. What I love though when we we do these podcasts and we look into the history is that sometimes it's much more rich than you might imagine and something like Snow White is often a film people will think of as a you even though it wasn't a you for a lot of its uh, life as a film if you like. For example in the 1950s in 1953 the company asked BBFC to take another look at the film and to see if they would be prepared to pass it at you. But the BBFC at that point wasn't prepared to pass it at you unless cuts were made, so the company elected to release it, but after appealing to local authorities to pass it at you, so it was only released in some places. Then in the 1960s, the company agreed to make some cuts to get a you, so even by the 60s there were still some sequences in Snow White that were seen as a bit too strong for you, and they were Snow White's um, journey through the woods, which was in real one, and the cuts list said that should be reduced to a minimum. In particular, the screams should be deleted and the shots of clutching hands. In reels four and five, 
the sequence of the Queen's transformation into a witch should be reduced, read the cuts list. And it noted that the sound was a very alarming part. And it noted a skeleton, so a sort of classic horror image should be taken out. And then in Reel 5, it said the witch's screams as she falls from the rock should be deleted. So what you've got there are screams or hands and jumps and horror things that were being removed from this sort of cartoon and, and it was becoming more sort of completely squeaky clean. Do you think they were more of an issue because they contrasted so much with the rest of the film and how it might be perceived as a U-rated animation? Yes, I think perhaps. And I also think that when you take things like that in isolation, they can see very strong. So when I show this clip to teenagers who are studying horror films much higher up the categories at sort of 12, 15, 18, sometimes what we find ourselves thinking about is you could take a few seconds of Snow White and make it look like the sort of scariest film you've ever seen. And then if you step back, how scary is it when it's actually such a well-worn archetypal story of a princess yeah. finding love discovering herself so I think that there's sort of lots of things going on but also you know standards were different back in the 50s and 60s so other classic horror films that would now be PG or 12A or, or even U were often still being cut of course it was less based on research than it is now because obviously yeah. it was pre-guidelines consultation so it was much more what does the BBFC think the public want them to do so what happened Next for Snow White, I mean, I know it is coming for video classification uh, since then, but there was a gap of about 50 years or so, wasn't there? Yes, and in that time, people might recall that it was released a few times. It came in for theatrical classification. That's the way we describe uh, when a film gets its black card and is shown in cinemas in 1987, which was the sort of point where it achieved the U with all the cuts waved. So that was where the Snow White that most people now would recognise as being the full version of Disney Snow White was past U uncut. In fact, the examiners who viewed it in 1987 said that each scary moment in the film in each of those moments, a joke is either embedded in the same scene or a reassuring scene follows immediately after. And that's quite a neat quote that encapsulates the way we often classify things now and probably a lot of the other films that we'll talk about today because that idea that sometimes a joke or a very reassuring moment can help an audience, even a very young new audience of around four, cope with something scary is something we really still talk about a lot today. But as you said, it came in for video release in 1994 when it was also given a U uncut. Um, and it came in as recently as 2016 and still sits comfortably at U based on our current guidelines because we state there that scary or potentially unsettling sequences should be mild and brief and unlikely to cause undue anxiety to very young children and that the outcome should be reassuring. And um, But those scenes are greatly offset by the sort of softness and whimsicalness of the rest of the film. Um, and of course, we now have BBFC insight which explains to parents and to children themselves that the film contains very mild scary scenes and threat. Now there's been quite a lot of adaptations of Snow White but for this podcast we decided to have a look at the Universal Pictures 2012 live action release of Snow White and the Huntsman. Now how does that film compare to the Disney animation how is it classified? Well, Snow White and the Huntsman is a sort of grittier adaptation of the classic fairy tale in which an evil queen sends a huntsman in search of her runaway stepdaughter, Snow White. So we sort of all know the story and we've probably all noticed a trend over the last few years of um, film companies doing this, taking an existing idea and taking it into a more real human world. The huntsman is asked to kill Snow White, but instead he joins forces with her in a rallying army against the queen. So you've got a twist as well. And I think we'll come to other examples that do that. 
Snow White and the Huntsman was rated 12A in cinema and 12 on video release for moderate violence and threats. So that's quite a big jump up. That's obviously much it is, more... It's a different age group, isn't it, really? Yeah, a completely different sort of audience it's talking to in a way. Because although the Disney cartoon version, as many of those cartoon versions do, has a huge pull for a very young audience, this is actually pitching it at a higher age at more of a teen or some people in marketing would call a tween audience. Yeah. So people on the verge of becoming teenagers. This said, though there's violence, though there's battles and things, it does occur, as we would put it, in fantastical fairy tale context, albeit it's quite dark take on the traditional story. So you can see that there's been a jump. Just to give some detail, there are several moments of you know, probably moderate violence, stabbings, blades, and a, a scene where a man's pushed back and sort of impaled on part of a tree. So you do get these quite sort of strong moments. Um, and there's also things that like hand-to-hand combat. So sometimes that can feel a bit stronger to an audience than a big battle scene. Yeah, I mean, when you're watching it, it does very much feel like one of those films for a tween audience, kind of sort of like similar to Hunger Games and Maze Runner. And it is just like you said, that level of grittiness in parts and an intensity that does just is beyond the guidelines at PG and does feel like it's a little bit more teen. Remakes like this really capture the imagination of a, a whole other generation all over again. I think that's right. We should go to a film that was one of your favourite films when you were a child, I reckon. Do you think that might be Peach Dragon? Yeah. Well, I think we might need to save that for part two of this podcast. So thank you, Lucy. Now remember, if you've got any ideas for anything you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast, you can email us on podcast at bbfc.co.uk. You can use the feedback form on our podcast page and you can tweet us at bbfc.